From Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., this is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. Hey, out there in Radio Land, it is time for the best political podcast you've never downloaded. Uh, we're here in uh, Podcast Village up in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C., your nation's capital. In studio with me, we've got uh, Alan Moore. We've got on the magic screen up above Dan Lipner from Iowa finishing up his tour with the Biden campaign out there. Uh, Dan and also Rich Rubino Howdy. from an undisclosed location in the Bay State of Massachusetts. Uh, Charlie Burney is running the board for us, keeping us honest. Somewhere back there, I believe, is Maddie the engineer and a very, wow, a very, very lifelike. Charlie Bernie out there. Just trying to keep it real. It, it, you're doing a good job. And then we've got uh, Emma. Emma, Emma the associate, who's uh, joining us for the first time. Uh, we'll have her on on air later on. Hey, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a lot of ground to cover on this show. The, the, the big news that everybody's buzzing about in Washington, D.C. is the all but apparent uh, lockdown by the president and their defense team of what seems to be an acquittal in the impeachment charges brought against one Donald J. Trump of New York, president of the United States. Lots of lots of developing issues happening, but the big word that happened between now and when we were last recording was the Senate rejected to hear any sort of new evidence and rejected to subpoena any new witnesses to bring before the trial on the floor of the Senate. Uh, in what ended up becoming a 51-47 vote, uh, largely along party lines, largely, uh, it, it now seems that with the denial of subpoenas and the denial of any new evidence, a an acquittal is almost but a certainty. But it does raise a lot of questions. Let's talk about the vote here. Um, I think all of us were caught by surprise. Alan, you actually came out and did everything short about betting a paycheck that we would hear from both Bolton and Hunter Biden I am guessing this caught you really by surprise. Am I well, wrong? Well, I thought that would happen. I thought there was this momentum in that direction that that they that Bolton kind of laid himself out there, and and you had a couple of Republicans saying, "Let's hear from him," um, and then Hunter Biden was always the guy that was was sort of the 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 most convenient political target. There was at least a you'd have to sort of stretch the argument. One can argue that. Uh, to say he was relevant, but I think they could have made the argument. All they needed was 51 votes anyway. I thought they would do that. Um, but I think what happened was, A, I was wrong. Wow, that never happens. Um, but, but two, I, I think that that among them among themselves, that the the as they would have talked, the Lamar Alexander uh, mindset, which was something that we had talked about for weeks, that – that uh, was probably being talked about among Republicans, and that is, we know he did it. Why he's got this particular defense, we don't know. 
we know he did this thing. We don't think it warrants his removal. That's a debatable point. So, and then in Lamar Alexander, when he made the when he said he was going to vote against a witness, calling any witnesses, said the 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 line was. When you've got eight people who see somebody leave the scene of an accident, why do you need a ninth witness? And 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 he said they've proved their case, and and this was inappropriate. Now people pick different words. His favorite word was inappropriate. Others have said wrong. Um, and, and of course the, the 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 Democrats typically say illegal and impeachable, bribery, etc. Republicans by and large didn't agree with that. Right. And and so if you if you take that line and I, I think there's elements of it have been echoed today and will continue tomorrow on the floor of the Senate when when different senators take turns explaining their vote, including Joe Manchin of of, of West Virginia, um, the Democrat um, in a very Republican state. Um, it's not that surprising that they would have just said. We think what he did was wrong. We know enough. This we don't need to hear right. more because we don't think it's going to add anything it, other than time. And the Senate uh, role in the world and in the United States government is not to to be indefinitely in impeachment proceedings. Right. But Dan Lipner, I mean, we we heard the comment that depending on which side of the aisle you're on, whether. Uh, we heard the comment from Marco Rubio, which he took heat from both parties for not voting for hearing more evidence and getting more witnesses. At the same time, his Republican friends kind of came after him for saying, hey, we know what he did, but sometimes removing the president is in the best interest of the party. Uh, the country. Or the, for the country, rather. For the country. You're, you're right. Is, is this... Is there validity to what Marco Rubio said, or is Marco Rubio that afraid of being the subject of another Twitter barrage by the president? Well, I mean, that's the thing. If the combination of of disappointment, frustration, and anger from the uh, various different positions taken from Republicans, uh, for the most part, with the exception of Susan Collins and Mitt Romney, uh, Mitt Romney in a red state, uh, but he can also afford to lose uh, Susan Collins in the fight of her political life for re-election, who is underwater in a in a moderate state, and she's got and she's got her own political problems. Um, the the Lamar Alexanders of the world, his statements are um, challenging, as is Marco Rubio's uh, statement essentially saying, yeah, this was wrong and, and he shouldn't do it. But he, uh, I think Lamar Alexander also said, you know, the president learned his lesson. Yeah, we, I, 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 I'll buy that for a dollar. Um, so, but Joe Manchin also has floated the idea of taking the next step. Okay, okay if we're not going to remove him, are you okay with censuring him? Uh, and, and, and I want to touch on, I, I I touch on that later. On that has been thus far. Yeah, I want to touch on that later because that's, that's another subject that ties into this this. Uh, but it's another opportunity to 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 slap the, the president's wrist publicly and officially by the Senate while not removing him. But so all those Republican senators that say, yes, it was wrong. He shouldn't have done it. We believe he was wrong. Now get a chance to get, cast a vote on the record uh, saying the president was wrong, as opposed to just a press release saying the president was wrong. Richard Bino, 
talk to me about the similarities that we saw in coming down to the finish line on this one as we did back in the last impeachment trial that we saw in Bill Clinton 20 years ago. Yeah, interestingly, the state of the, so Bill Clinton in 1999 during the trial gives the State of the Union address. And he, so he, he, he delivers about a 77-minute State of the Union address right in, that, right in kind of the heart of what was going on in terms of, what everything, in terms of everything else, just like this circumstance. There were some Republicans, some of the more conservative members, some of the House managers who decided that they were going to boycott the impeachment, didn't show up. So Bill Clinton gets up, gives an artful performance, um, gets applause from Republicans. He basically presented a lot of what he, what he said in the State of the Union. was a very conservative platform. He wanted to increase military spending for the first time since the Reagan administration. He wanted some immigra- immigration reform, talked about how, how immigrants should have to speak English, for example, talked about the fact that there's a surplus, and talked about how Social Security, how 60, how you, how we, you shouldn't spend anything until you, until you save Social Security first. But it was really a masterful performance, and for Bill Clinton's case, it kept his job approval rating over 60%, which is what really kept Bill Clinton in office more so than anything else. Um, in Donald Trump's case, he's in the same situation. Nobody thinks there's actually thinks there's a scintilla of a chance that Donald Trump will not be acquitted in this trial. So, you know, obviously he's going to use the State of the Union and he's going to use any addresses that he makes to try as kind of a political, um, you know, as basically as a political um, guidepost to try to to try to promote himself. And he gets essentially free time, free media tonight. So it's going to be a very um, it's going to be a very inter- it's going to be a very interesting dynamic in terms of the in terms of the Republicans with Susan Collins. My guess is it was probably a free vote for her. The fact that they knew when Lamar Alexander came out and said that he was not going to vote for witnesses, my guess is the Republican Party probably said, Mitch McConnell probably said, oh, okay, you can vote for us and you can go to your people back in Maine and say, you know, despite Kavanaugh, I still am very independent. But on the Senate side, it's really two, the, the most interesting one is probably Doug Jones. Doug Jones, he's actually more of a, he's kind of a center-left Democrat, but he comes from a state where Donald Trump won by 61% of the vote. The only reason he's in there in part is because the Republicans screwed up and nominated Roy Moore last time. So I'd be very interested to see how he votes on this impeachment. My guess is, since it's not going to matter what his vote is, my guess is if I were Chuck Schumer, I would say go out and vote for the and go out go out and vote for his acquittal. They didn't go back to the people in Alabama and say that you know CIM independent minded. Alan Moore, did Mitch McConnell give Susan Collins a pass on this one? No. As elaborated no, by I, 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 have, I have enormous respect for Rich. Uh, he's got a, a great grasp of history, but sometimes when it comes to how things work today and how things have worked. He misses the, the boat, and, and the, the suggestion that Mitch McConnell gave her permission, gave her a pass, is just nonsense. It is not how the Senate works today or has worked. These people are remarkably independent in— in in making up their own mind. Right, but let me, they let me talk just, to people. They talk constantly to each other. Uh, they don't want to be isolated from the party necessarily. But, let me let me just jump in real quick though cuz I I do I do that what Rich said about Susan Collins having the discussion with Mitch McConnell has been widely reported Fine. as as that yeah he might have given her the blessing to cover her. I I you, I'm not, you don't buy it. No, you, you, don't, it you say no. It doesn't work like that. Okay, it just doesn't. Now that's not to say that she's not talking to him, talking to colleagues, trying to figure out how do I get along with these people, how do I get reelected, how do I stay true to to my principles, but. But the moment, and, and this is one of the beauties of Mitch McConnell, he knows that he can't 
order people to do things. He can't grant them permission. I saw the same thing about said about about Lamar Alexander. Well, Mitch McConnell said, yeah, go ahead and do it. It's just not how it works. These guys have six years. They have an enormous amount of independence. Most of them have had right. long, uh, long histories of service um, in in the federal government and other places, and they're not gonna they're not going to be self destructive. And it's not that they don't fear the president's wrath. They're very careful uh, on on that score, and they may get some advice, but they don't. Now need to seek permission. McConnell does not control them, and his ability to punish people is pretty limited. The times you see people getting, but, but, they the, just that. But we're hearing more and more reporting. That's why I'm You're, talking about it. Right. But, you know, just because it's reported by somebody, you got you, you got. Oh, but it's isn't not reported there, by everybody? But, it's a, a would handful you not of people. Put it, would you not put it past? Mitch McConnell to maintain the majority and the power in the Senate to strike deals before an important vote to get the way to support the president staying in the White House. That's a and different the Republicans, matter. And the Republicans staying in the Senate, which means, but which means getting votes on an impeachment. You, you're, I don't see something that big and that yeah. grand being something that that the individual senators senators are going to bargain for. Now, it's conceivable. I, I, Lamar Alexander and Mitch McConnell are very, very close. And and I'm guessing that, that Alexander had some right. m- multiple discussions with McConnell about this whole question of witnesses. And 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 it's conceivable to me that people around around right. McConnell, as well as L- Lamar Alexander's own people and his own brain, would have thought, you know something? I think the president, what he did was wrong. And I'm going to say that. But I don't think we need more. I'm going to say I agree. He was he went way out there and saying he agreed with with the conclusions. He disagreed on the penalty. And, and, and Dan, let me let me go to you on this because I mean, two questions for you. One, do you do you agree with Alan that you know more than likely these were independent, thought out votes taken by the individual senators without any direct influence from leadership and leadership being Mitch McConnell? On the Republican side, and 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 two, uh, are the are the did the Democrats oh, did the Democrats overstep by bringing two articles of impeachment, let alone any impeachment articles, when they could have done the same thing and done it a lot quicker, a lot cleaner, and not taken the PR hit by doing censure. Um. Well, it depends. Uh, out on a bunch of things. And first of all, as far as the independence goes, uh, yeah, the independence sort of. Um, so the independence from Mitch McConnell uh, sort of there, but there's also the the uh, big fat orange elephant in the room, the independence from the president and the president's band of merry lunatics that are very much in his pocket. Uh, the president, uh, it's been reported, has been uh, shuffling some campaign money to 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 jurors in the Senate uh, to to aid some folks, as well as the uh, even though it was claimed not to be true, but uh, 
Adam Schiff's presentation and and well and there seems to have been some other reporting suggesting it may have been true uh, the the direct threats from the president to uh, members of the Senate so there's a lot at play and considering how popular Donald Trump is within the Republican base and how zealous those folks are once they take to the streets that's a level of pain that requires a fair amount of courage to to confront. Um, so even the folks that may have wanted to say the president was wrong, as Lamar Alexander did, it's important to note Lamar Alexander is not on the ballot again. Um, that said, Marco Rubio is, and Florida's not a, not an inconsequential state that also requires a lot of money to run, run in, and there are other Republicans that might want that seat. So there is some political calculus that each of them has to play. Now, I will say it is entirely plausible since uh, Mitch McConnell does also wield some power as far as a pass saying, listen, I'm not going to kill you for this one because I understand you've got to get reelected too. And he, and as as Bob Dole once famously said when he, after voting uh, guilty on, on, uh, on, uh, Oliver North, but then going back and supporting him, Oliver North, to be a senator from Virginia, when Bob Dole was asked, he said, because I need 51 votes to be majority leader. The math is that simple. Let's let's talk a little bit about the, the case brought forward. I mean, uh, it seems to me like the Democrats, I think they proved their case. I mean, I don't think they did... A so does poor, Lamar Alexander. And, and apparently so does other Republicans, including uh, Marco Rubio feels that way. Uh, Lisa but, Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins. I think that there are several Republicans, and if you keep hearing the number I, I keep hearing, it's somewhere around 12 to 14 Republicans believe that the, that the Democrats actually proved their case. Uh, is it worthy of removal? That's the problem. But what I'm getting at is the the Democrats proved their case, and yet does this become a large-scale victory for the president going into tonight's State of the Union address? Well— so the, 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 I think the real question is whether he's going to talk about it and try to... to is it a smart to, move to, for him to? No. And all the Republicans are saying, no, 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 no. You're just going to harm yourself and make us uh, make it more awkward for us. Rise above. Rise above. Rise above. Therefore, so, he'll do it. So, <laughs> well, no. So he's going to have a... Do you, ten, think, he, do you uh, think he'll listen? So there's... Well, he doesn't... He, he never listens very well. I think the question is, will he follow the text? My hunch is the text will be clean, but he's notoriously uh, bad about, about following the text. Now, in the case of a State of the Union where you don't want to just wander on for another 10 or 15 minutes it's going to be hard it's going to be tempting i think in an odd way the screw up in iowa might be a nice enough diversion for him so that he can he can he can jump on that and dump on the party as a whole rather than rather than try to dance a victory dance before the actual victory it's a foregone conclusion but it isn't doesn't occur till tomorrow we're going to hear plenty from him about being exonerated no right. question i just don't think we'll hear it tonight really interesting i will Dan- say bill clinton in 90 in 1998 and 1999 never mentioned monica Lewinsky. richard nixon in 1974 
mentioned Watergate. He said one year of Watergate is enough and got an applause from Republicans. So there is precedent for both. Dan Lipner, is, do you agree with this? I agree that I wouldn't put money on saying Donald Trump's not going to leave the reservation, say some sort of nonsense in his speech. Right. Uh, does does this have the same effect on the Democrat House managers that the that the Clinton House managers felt? Several of them were uh, unelected out of office that following year. Uh, several yep. of them were within a couple of years. I remember um, Bill McCollum being one of the victims of being a House manager and then being unelected the following cycle. Are we going to see that happen to people like Jerry Nadler, Adam Schiff, uh, Val Demings, uh, and that sort? Dan Lipner? No, no I, I, I don't think it's going to happen to a single one of them for two reasons. One, the districts are predominantly safe. Two, the way they accorded themselves in the actual uh, proceedings uh, in the Senate. You can you can throw some arguments about how things went in the House, but I, I, I'm very comfortable with how every Democrat handled themselves in the Senate. Jerry Nadler had one moment that was a, a, a little iffy, but overall, uh, at, both as representatives uh, of their their constituents and also as lawyers, uh, I think all the Democrats uh, handled themselves well. I cannot say the same for the president's councils, uh, but the, the Democrats, I, I'm i comfortable saying they, they acquitted themselves well. Alan Moore. I will say, though. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Rich Rubino. I was going to say the only one, Jason Crow from Colorado is the only one who comes from kind of a marginal district. But the ironic thing is, back in 1998, one of the House managers from a predominantly Democratic district named James Brogan lost to an upstart Congress state senator from California who argued that, the, that that Republican was spending too much time on impeachment, not enough time in the district, and the person who beat James Rogan was Adam Schiff. <laughs> Interesting. I do like it when he does bring those facts up. Right. Uh, Alan Ward, I mean, is there, is there any danger for Republicans? I mean, we, we heard uh, Chuck Schumer come out just storming out of the witness vote uh, on the floor of the Senate and basically said that there will, um, paraphrasing, deeply paraphrasing, there's going to be hell to pay for some Republicans on this. Uh, is there, in fact, going to be hell to pay for Republicans on this? I don't. I don't think so, but I don't know. I mean, Schumer has proven himself a very effective noisy gong and and, and clanging cymbal uh, over and over and over again, and and sky is falling kind of rhetoric and the the worst well, moments he's ever that's seen actually a in good the point. Senate. Um, so he's he. I don't. I don't. Yeah, ask, are, ask Speaker Pelosi how well the Republicans did last time. Well, hold on, Dan. I'll, I'll get I'll get to you in a second. But go ahead. So so, but but I think it remains to be seen. They are clearly trying to set this up so it'll be a major issue. Uh, in the in Senate and congressional races in in 2020, um, but th- their fear is that that they did in fact that they might have done what was done in the Clinton impeachment, and that is that it backfires 
on the yep. on on the Democrats this time the way it did on the Republicans with Clinton. That's their fear. And we won't know until we get farther in and see what else is going on in the world, see what's happened with the coronavirus, see what's going on in the economy, see what unpredictable events occur around the world, um, see who the Democrats choose if in, 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 in their process. It's not risk-free for Republicans, and they're well aware of that, 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 that especially ones in marginal uh, districts are going to get hammered. Susan Collins is going to get hammered. She was always going to get hammered, no matter what she did. But remember, she, she what voted, about Mitch she McConnell? voted to acquit. Does, does this hit Mitch McConnell no, where it hurts? No, 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 no. The only he's way got a race hurts, now, apparently. Well, so I, He's underwater. He's got his own race, so that you know he is demonized, and there's national money of in a big time on on both sides of that one. I I don't know what happens with Mitch McConnell. He's he's shown an ability to con, to get elected in right. in challenging situations. Right, it affects him more. He wants to keep the majority. Right, and so so but but he can't totally. He can't control that. He can't control the president. He can't control all these other events that are out there. The, the, it's it's absolutely one hundred percent clear that unlike in the Clinton case, right? That unlike in the Clinton case, where right. it kind of went away, and I don't think that the Clinton vote was that big w- w- was a big deal in that in, in the, the next round of congressional elections. But the 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 Democrats are going to try to keep this alive, and what the president does between now and November matters right. because. The, the, this narrative is, if you let him do this, he can do anything. Right. He can, and I think Schiff apparently over the weekend said, the the president could sell Alaska to the Russians, and if 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 he's let go on this, and right, and creating these, you know, these. Uh, these straw men. But, but, yeah, but, but I, I want to go to Dan on this one, though. I, I, I want to follow up with Dan on this only because of the fact that it, it, Alan brings up a really good point, and Dan, I need your introspective on this. Are Americans getting tired of hearing uh, the combination of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer cry wolf? On Donald Trump. Well, no, 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 no. The crying wolf is the wrong analogy because there is a Fine, wolf. Fine, sky's falling. As, I as, mean, whatever as, you as want to call Republicans, it. Are, are, as the Republicans are, are, have, as we already said, more than a handful of Republican senators have said, yes, right. there is a wolf. The but, question but, is whether or not the wolf is enough to uh, to to. Yeah, but, uh, but Dan, you have to admit, Dan, you have to admit though that there is a certain there, there's a certain number of times that. Schumer and Pelosi can walk up to that joint media day is that they like and start calling out fire so, in a theater. So, so, so Justin, I, 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 I love you dearly, buddy, but the, we have to throw some other things at, at this as far as what's going to happen. So uh, we, we, the, first of all, we have the foxification of the news and I've been deliberately making sure to watch Fox news each time uh, some of this stuff happens, and there's something new breaking. It, it's it's just Planet Z with what with a with a red sky as far as Fox News. It's literally the, the coverage is so entirely different as far as any commentary and whatnot. You can suggest that that MSNBC is a one to one offset, but it's just not true. MSNBC, while there's a lib- liberal bend, 
at least there are facts. Right. But, um, but, but Dan, Fox I want to I want to reel this back in. But but I want to reel this back in regarding Schumer. There's also there's also John Bolton out there. And each time there's an additional leak from his book after the acquittal, that's going to be a shoe that's going to have it's going to be a centipede of shoes that are going to drop because it's going to keep going and going and going. So there's so many things that are at play there. Dan, all right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, not only the big mustached elephant in the room or walrus in the room. We're also going to talk about how this is going to lead into tonight's uh, State of the Union address as we record this on a Tuesday. This is Backroom Politics. Stay with us. Studio A in Podcast Village, Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. This is the best political talk show you've never heard of. It's Backroom Politics with your host and moderator, Justin Russell. We're back here at Studio A and joining us uh, in studio, we've got Alan Moore. Behind the glass, we've got Charlie Bernie. Hello, Charles. Glad you're feeling better. Uh, we've Me got too. Emma. Yeah, I bet you are. Emma, the in, Emma, the associate, uh, and we've got, of course, Maddie, the engineer, who is always keeping us honest and keeping us clean on the board. Uh, joining us uh, from Iowa, Dan Lipner from Massachusetts, is Rich Rubino. Hey, we want to continue this discussion that we had about the what looks like is going to be the ultimate acquittal of Donald J. Trump on the articles of impeachment in the Senate. 
I, I do want to bring up the big 300-pound walrus in the room, that being John Bolton. Uh, the conspiracy tin fat, tin foil hat crowd, Alan Moore, that uh, usually gets into this uh, deep state held the John Bolton book deal, and then all of a sudden it just all of a sudden magically pops up during the week that the Democrats wanted to uh, bring up new witnesses. Uh, is this a lot of, again, tinfoil hat, or is there some validity to the complaint that, hey, all of a sudden this book just pops up? Is this Bolton selling books, or is this Bolton wanting to be heard, or is this a real issue that needs to go in front of the Senate? Well, so Bolton, when he left, it was well-known, well-reported. Uh, he was going to do a book, and he was... Uh, uh, <laughs> much in demand um, publishers bid on this one because they knew that 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 he was uh, uh, up close to lots of things that that had gone on um, this was before the Ukraine uh, situation had had really burst as large as it would onto the scene um, <coughs> and and so he's <coughs> He writes a book deal. He gets a large advance. They want it to be timely, so we want to, it's a hurry up thing. We'd like it to be out in the spring of next year, meaning this year and in, in the election year, and that's the track we're on, uh, unless the National Security uh, Council review people who have to look at at, at books uh, and and articles by folks uh, who come out of the administration that might have top secret information in it. They're, they'll they'll screen it. They'll probably suggest a, f a few changes. Well, the word was and, that and they, the this had already out. been screened. And and by the way, John no, Bolton, he screened it because he knows what he's doing. It right. wasn't screened by an outside person. And that's what you do. You send it in. It, you send it, it in. Gets, the, there's an attorney it, on the National Security it's not Council. An, I think it's a staff. It, it, there's more than one person. But 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 yeah, it's a special review office that's part of the right. NSC. Um, and but, the word, but the word was that there was nothing, I mean, on top of the fact that he was the National Security Advisor, he would know what was classified and well, not. and he's written books before. Right. But, but it's not like he, it's not like you get to self-determine. De he's presumably careful. His lawyers Dan said, his lawyers said that, that he knows what he's doing. We don't think there's anything there. The letter that came back uh, earlier in January was, we find some material in here that has got to be changed right. or removed. Dan so that's where we, that's where we stand. Then uh, the president literally this, like within 24 hours of the book deal, the New York Times articles had been out for about 48 to 72 hours, issues a cease and desist order from the White House and the National Security Council. Uh, was that just good politics or was that a cheap move? I mean, it's what this president does and he, you know, try to get people to sign NDAs, which by the way, you can't do for federal employees. Um, you might tell I, you might say I'm what an NDA is. Yep. Yeah, define NDA. Yeah, the NDA you mean by the non-disclosure agreement? Yes. Yes, a, a, a non, uh, an NDA specific to the president, not for any of the national security issues. That's that's a different creature. Right. Um, so the I, I, I as has been reported, and I'm far from an expert on on the what is required uh, on these kind of books as far as making sure no. Uh, 
secrets are released. But based on the reporting and my own understanding, uh, it looks as though um, while the process is going to go through and Bolton's going to, the, the book's absolutely going to be published with, with some, some items, it also feels as though some pressure may have been put on folks on the front end to, uh, shall we say, overstate the uh, president's case for what might be uh, security, national security secrets and what are merely things the president would prefer not to get out. Um, but at, at the end of the day, the book's going to be published with a supermajority of the actual facts as uh, John Bolton knows them. And I'm already on the record on the show multiple times saying in an argument between uh, John Bolton and and uh, and Donald Trump, I absolutely believe John Bolton. Rich Rubino, you and John Kelly. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, it's well, it's just it's interesting that John Bolton has, sound, has somehow become, you know, almost the golden boy for the Democrats who would ever have thought it. Um, you know, he's the neo, he is a neoconservative, neoconservative, and he was um, back in 2005. Folks like Adam Schiff, when he was appointed, um, I guess it was acting in acting UN ambassador because in, during a recess appointment, um, Adam Schiff was again was essentially coming on against coming on against him. Most Democrats were. It's just kind of interesting how now the Trump administration, which, you know, is pretty soon, eventually Donald Trump's going to say, you know, I never knew John Bolton, just like, and we can say that theoretically about Rudy Giuliani, who was this John Bolton guy. Um, but I'm, I was fascinated that John Bolton made it his way into the administration in the first place, because other than Iran, Donald Trump tried to be the opposite of George W. Bush. He talked about how going into Iraq, how it was the biggest disaster in foreign policy history. I mean, he was really running against the Bush record. Then he nominated. Then he. Then all of a sudden, John Bolton becomes his national security advisor, and it's almost like somebody in the Republican establishment or in the intelligentsia got to him and said, "You need to listen. You need to listen to this guy because he's he's his he his instincts are the exact anathema to everything Donald Trump has proclaimed and stood for, which is that the United States need to get out of these forever wars. To say, with the exception of Iran, where he's always been hawkish, whereas John Bolton is pretty much wants to pretty much wants to nuke Denmark. So yeah. So can we also take yeah. the additional step as far as the a, a difference between uh, actual news and well Fox, because some of the commentary on Fox News is essentially painting John Bolton as a tool of the left, the deep state, and all this stuff. <laughs> I'm not even certain John Bolton's car has a left turn signal, let alone <laughs> being able to do anything meaningful yeah. on the left. How, how he long has did you been work on a that? conservative right wing operative for his entire career? Yeah, Dan, I think long? he has a Jill Stein bumper sticker, though. Yeah, D Dan, how long did you work on that line? That was a good one. I'm giving you credit for it. But good job. Uh, so, let's let's look at oh, about John Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It. it who would guess that? I thought Alan was about to correct me that his car does indeed have a left turn signal. Who would guess? Well, it does. Who would guess by that, law that the Democrats would would make a hero, uh, if you will, out of John Bolton? It, it reminds me of the unlikeliness of them having made Jim Comey their hero. Yeah. Jim Comey, who is is one of those who certainly played a role in the fact that Donald Trump is president. 
Uh, and then the president summarily fired him for not uh, kowtowing to him. Right. And then suddenly he's a Democrat hero. And how we now, now we've got John Bolton, as was Actually, was was stated. Uh, let, so I, I, it's just it, it's I'm I'm just intrigued with right. it. I'm not I'm not being critical of it. It's sort of like if you you know politics makes strange bedfellows, right. and if you find the enemy of, of your enemy is your friend, so all of a sudden you know they liked Comey once <laughs> once once right. Trump turned on him in ugly ways, and and now they're liking Bolton it, because he's got information and because Trump has turned on him in ugly ways. It, Dan Lutner, go ahead. So I, I, I need to disagree on this one pretty, pretty firmly. The yes, there are obviously partisan divides, and you can and you can cheer for things that help your side or or boo things that don't help your side. But there is something to be simply cheering for something on the side of integrity. And the fact that Bolton in for in this even comes from you know people who have spoken ill of him on the left consistently. Yeah, people think he's a, a a madman on foreign policy, but nobody thinks he's dishonest. And that's also true of Comey. And to some extent, it's also true of uh, uh, former chief of staff, General Kelly. That that's I one didn't of those say anything that, to the contrary. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, but I'm struck by the irony. No, the, the irony is there, but 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 pointing pointing that it's less ironic if you say that people are still celebrating or trying to push people that they think are at least telling the truth, and that would be something that would be genuinely welcomed on all sides. That instead of demonizing people who are coming with the facts and actually are, coming are you, with wait, honest wait, wait, statements, wait, 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 Dan, let me, I just want I just want to be clear about this. I'm hearing you correctly. You're saying that if, that at you are saying that people like Jim Comey, uh, John Bolton, uh, General Kelly, all those people have viable credibility with the Democrats, whereas maybe 18, 20 months ago, they would have thrown them under the bus and said, nope, this is just, an, these are just other tools by the Republican Party. Uh, they don't have any credibility with us. Why do we listen to them? You're mixing matching credibility as far as the credibility of their arguments for forwarding those agendas. Show absolutely. Me where... that's, that, that's a split. As far as saying they're actually lying, that's a different but, argument. But show me where show me where John Bolton has had credibility with the Democrats in prior in prior years, because they they certainly didn't they certainly didn't give him credibility when they denied him. His appointment under the uh, George Bush forty three administration, which wasn't based on anyone believing he was a liar, it was believing that he was a danger to our national security because of his his be, because he's a fervent hawk as far as his positions. They are different creatures. They are different questions to to, to answer about a person oh. and that position. That you can you can be a horrible lawyer who's a mean person. It doesn't mean when when you're doing your job you're a liar and you're breaking the law. There, it's a different question. All right, fair enough. Uh, I want to talk a little bit real quick. Uh, we've got about uh, seven minutes left in this episode. I want to talk a little bit about the fact that as of tonight we are going to hear the president in what many are calling could be a very tense, a very contentious State of the Union address. Uh, let's start with the obvious. Alan Moore, is this a victory lap for Donald Trump? 
I think he, my hunch is that that he'll be a little mellower th- than the Donald than Trump he, showing usual, humility, uh, not humility, but just a little mellowness. I mean, if if he were going to show some humility, he'd say, "Hey, I messed up, but, <laughs> but I'm not seeing that." I, I uh, there's uh, a sharpie for that. You know, yeah, yeah, we're we're laughing in here too. He might say. He might say. <laughs> You know we have our dis- uh, we we have our differences, um, but it's <laughs> but it's time to to come together and work to wow. work to build on what my administration has so, already built on. We need to do infrastructure. We have a nice refreshment we, center here at so, no, no, Podcast just, Village, and apparently we have drugs. So, so I I'm believe me, I don't expect him to make any apologies, but I it wouldn't surprise me. Oh, it, it be, it, it's because it's so out of character, right? So <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm reminded of this. Will sound strange. My late mother always wore hats. Always had a hat, and she lived in a in a senior living place. And one night they were they had a hat night. So everybody <laughs> wondered what my mom was going to wear because she always wore a hat. Had a hat. So everybody and brings out their wildest hats. My mom shows up, no hat. No hat. So <laughs> so and everybody loved it. So if they could persuade uh, uh, Nixon the, has... the, the president, uh, uh, President Trump, okay. to say, Mr. President, everybody thinks you're going to gloat. Everybody thinks you're going to dump Show on the Democrats. Show some humility. Show some surprise humility. them. Surprise them! The press will love it. The, the you know your people will love it. And, and I would if, love and that. Could, I would love the over under on if that. If they could persuade him, you know the problem is you can persuade I'm him. I'm in a casino. You can you, <laughs> you can persuade him, and then he'll change his mind in the moment. Right. That's why you know they can get a, a text that's up on the teleprompter, and then he'll see Adam Schiff down there, and he'll say, "But you, you little slime ball," yeah. or who knows what. Um, but I was but, thinking. Go ahead, Rich Rubino. No, I was thinking actually what he could do is he could praise Nancy Pelosi and he could praise the fact that she represents San Francisco specifically and say what a great city it is and how he wants to visit there. And they could praise Hillary Clinton by calling her honest Hillary. <laughs> and, apparent, and apparently they have the same drugs up in Massachusetts, too. Hey, Dan. Well, that, you was just the, uh, that was just completely unorthodox. And that's, I mean, Donald Trump likes to be unpredictable. So he goes out there and talks about how great San Francisco is and how great, what a great person Hillary Clinton was. Clean, and he can city even talk about country. Elizabeth Warren and how she believes how he how he believes that she they may disagree on things, but he believes that she's a really good person, and he and she encourages Democrats to vote for him or something like that. And that would really be out of context. That, but let's see if he does that. Yeah, that that, that, so that is that is rich way to reveal his bald spot. He'll wash off his spray on tin. I'm sure that's all going to happen. Right, and that, he'll praise Rosie O'Donnell too. Right there, you go. Hey, uh, the Dan Lipner, is it? Is it justified if the president wanted to take a victory lap? I mean, he just got, for all intents and purposes, even though the actual vote has not been solidified, everybody's anticipating short of there being just this huge, huge unforeseen miracle that the president's going to be acquitted in the House, in the uh, Senate, rather. Uh, is he justified in doing a victory lap? I mean, he's had a pretty good week. Dems have pretty much... Uh, not done well in the in the caucus. They're kind of taking a beat down in the media on the day after. Uh, they've got the vote down in the Senate where they had some crossover. It's is he right to do a victory lap? I can already see the 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 counter 
uh, press releases that are already written when the president takes his victory lap, quoting Lamar Alexander, quoting Marco Rubio, saying, listen, if this is a victory with your people saying you did it, um, then, I, yeah, it's it, it's just going to start the things all over again. He, he would be best served by saying... This this is this is behind us now. We need right. to move on and do the country's business. Right. That's not who this president is. There is no amount of money you could give me to bet that, that he is going to use anything close to those kind of words. Yeah. Um, again, I'm physically in the casino right now, and that is not a bet I would ever take. <laughs> Great. Th- thanks for passing that along, Dan. Hey, uh, with that being said, uh, we'll obviously be tweeting live. Uh, if you follow us, uh, we'll be tweeting live the State of the Union address on Twitter. I'll be surprised the president isn't tweeting live along with the State of the Union address. I would not be surprised at that as well. But uh, that being said, <laughs> on behalf of Alan Moore, uh, Dan Lipner, Rich Rubino, uh, obviously – we want to thank uh, Maddie, the engineer. Thank you, Emma, the new producer. Thank you, Emma, and of course, Oscar and Charlie, our hosts here at Podcast Yay. Village. Yay! We're so glad you're back, Charlie. We missed you for like three weeks. I know. Yeah, you sound a lot better too. <laughs> thank <Good> you. God. <laughs> uh, remember, you can follow us on our Twitter feed at Backroom Politics. You can follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Backroom Politics Radio. You can also. Uh, go to our GoFundMe page and search for Backroom Politics. You'll also be able to see us on Patreon starting this week. Uh, go to patron.com and you'll search for Backroom Politics and you can donate because, again, this this is not cheap and we can always use your support. Uh, follow us or download us as your favorite podcast on your favorite podcast service. Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. Have a great week, America. We'll see you next time. See ya!